Because I'll tell people, you keep exercising, sweat it out, drink tons of water, because that helped me a lot. I'm Lee Silverstein, and this is the Colon Cancer Podcast. Welcome to episode 91 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. We are getting near episode 100, and that's amazing to me, thinking back three years since we first launched this, and there are some really exciting things uh, coming ahead for the podcast. I will be announcing that here in the next few weeks, so do stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss what we've got planned uh, to expand our reach with these incredible stories of hope and inspiration. If you haven't joined our private Facebook group, please go onto Facebook and search The Colon Cancer Podcast. And we'd love to have you be part of that group. And those folks in that group will be the first to know about all the exciting things coming up in the very near future. Speaking of exciting things, had a really cool thing happen to me and my wife, Linda, uh, last week. Those of you who are Facebook friends with me know about my love for our local hockey team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, we have season tickets, and we were at the game a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, and as we walked up at the on the promenade outside the arena, my wife happens to see the local NBC morning news team there, and there were cameras around, it looked like they were doing some sort of promotion, and she got all excited because she watches that channel, and one of the crew comes over and says, hey, you want to be in a commercial with the NBC Morning News crew, and uh, we jumped at the chance, and we were chatting with them, and they shot a little promo spot with us, and I happened to notice that the three women were all in royal blue dresses, and this was the last Monday of March, so I couldn't miss an opportunity, even though I knew the royal blue was for the is the for the lightning because that's uh, their main color. I couldn't miss a, a chance, and I said, "Oh, so you're wearing colon cancer blue tonight?" And they kind of chuckled, and one of them immediately responded and said, "Yeah, isn't this uh, colon cancer awareness month?" And I said, "Absolutely," and I went on to explain how I'm a stage four survivor and have a podcast where I interview uh, patients, survivors, and caregivers. And the anchor immediately like snatches my phone out of my hand and puts in her number and she says, I want to do a story on you. So how cool is that? So I went down to the studios uh, Wednesday last week and we shot uh, a brief interview and it will be airing locally here in the next few weeks. Obviously, I'm going to share that all over social media once that happens. Uh, But You know, this is what happens when you always keep advocacy on your mind and uh, these kind of great things can come your way. So I'm really excited. I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is 
offering listeners of the Colon Cancer Podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. I want to talk about events taking place across the country, a lot of exciting events, get your rear and gear events, golf events. So here's what's coming up in the next few weeks on Saturday, April the 21st for our friends in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We have a get your rear and gear 5K run walk taking place at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. The following Saturday for our golfers who are in and around Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, there is the Mitch Turner Driveaway Cancer Classic. And that same Saturday is another golf event for our friends down in Austin, Texas, the Caboose Cup. The third annual Hackers Scramble is taking place at Gray Rock Golf Club. That Pilot Mountain event, the Mitch Turner Driveaway Cancer Classic, is taking place at Pilot Knob Park in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. And then all this month... Uh, through, I should, let me correct myself, through April 15th, through the end of this week, you can take part in a virtual Get Your Rear in Gear 5K run walk. So you can do it on your treadmill or on your neighborhood, and you can register for the virtual Get Your Rear in Gear event on the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. And you can raise money uh, from your friends, your family, your community, and just do it virtually without having to uh, find an event near your town. Uh, Again, more information can be found on the Colon Cancer Coalition uh, website. And then as we scroll into May, on May 19th, which is a Saturday, we've got a Get Your Ear and Gear event taking place in Oklahoma City at Journey Church in Norman, Oklahoma. And that Sunday, the one that I will be attending, my very first Get Your Ear and Gear event in Orlando, Florida at Bill Frederick Park. Once again, information on all of these events can be found on the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. My guest this week is Gina Benedetti. Uh, i heard about Gina's story. It was profiled in last year's Colon Clubs On The Rise magazine. So if you've got access to On On The Rise, Gina's story is in there. You can also find it online. You can find Gina online uh, on Instagram under GinaB44. And she's also on Twitter. And her Twitter handle is at Benedetti. That's two, uh, two T's and one I, at Benedetti Gina is her Twitter handle and really enjoyed talking to Gina. We talked a lot about her story. She was diagnosed in February, 2015, five months after her son was born. We talked about how this experience has impacted her as a school teacher for young children. We talked a little bit about exercise, Uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Gina. I know you will too. So join me now for my conversation with Gina Benedetti. Gina, I'm so excited to have you on the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thanks for agreeing to do this. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. 
Well, I am too. This has been like Fight CRC month for me. I'm just <laughs> one amazing person from Fight CRC after another. And last night I interviewed uh, a buddy of yours, Tara Principali. Yes. And she was raving about you. Oh, that's nice. I love Tara. <laughs> She's a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'm seeing your face everywhere all of a sudden, uh, everywhere <laughs> I go on Facebook. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on and how that came to be. Well, I uh, applied to be a Fight CRC ambassador, and um, I was lucky enough to be chosen to do that. And I went to Missouri at the end of August. And we learned all about advocating and policy, um, had some really interesting speakers when I was there. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a couple day retreat. Um, you know, we all, all the ambassadors, I think, I'm not sure how many there are, um, maybe around 30, but we bonded. It was wonderful. Lots of tears, lots of, um, connecting. And then they had us do kind of interviews and, that's where that the video on Facebook is coming from was um, getting interviewed on why I fight and how I fight with courage. So, Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful story. And I thought, gee, what perfect timing. Cause I didn't know yeah. the video was going to be out there. You and I had already scheduled this and I'm like, well, this yeah. is a, this is a, this is good timing. So, so, yes. so why do you fight? Um, I fight because I, I don't want anyone else to have to go through this. Um, you know, I don't have a family history. I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of, I don't have any really risk fast factors, uh, for getting colorectal cancer. So my reason to fight is to ensure other people don't have to go through what I went through, um, that I didn't have to go through it in vain. And I said that on my video. Um, it, it hasn't been obviously a pleasant experience. Um, but I feel like I've gained more on this side of it than I had before I went through, um, my diagnosis and my treatment and everything. So how, how has it changed you? I mean, if you think about who you were before your diagnosis and who you are now, what, what's different about you? Uh, I feel like I'm more laid back. My priorities are completely different. Like it's, it's odd, but sometimes I'll be driving and I'll think you need to look at the sky or you need to, you need to look at the trees and really take it in and enjoy the beauty around you, you know, just in simple things, because, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So take a minute to do that. And then because uh, I was diagnosed when my son was five months old, so I slow down and I cherish my small, you know, any small time I have with him. Uh, I make sure I'm much more present than I was before. Um, I just appreciate things in a different way. And I'm a teacher and that it's changed my teaching, how I, I connect with my students on a much more like emotional level than I used to. What, what do you teach? Fourth grade. Fourth grade teacher. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I have to just kind of throw this in there, you know, maybe, and this might be a little self-serving, but I noticed that you live in Petaluma. Yes. Uh, my dear cousin li uh, lived in Petaluma and uh, sadly she passed away of pancreatic cancer this past August. Really? And, and my sisters this past weekend 
both went out uh, to be there with some of her old friends to celebrate her birthday this past weekend and just kind of honor her memory. And so they were, my sisters were out in Petaluma this past weekend. So I saw Petaluma. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not that big of a place. That's that's what I hear. Yeah. Love it here though. I'm originally from Washington state. I've only been down here about five years. So I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had to just throw that that personal story in oh, there. Thanks wonderful. for thanks for allowing me to do that. Um, so tell tell me more about you know because you know you're a, you're a mother and you're, mm-hmm. you're you know this diagnosis happened so soon after your son was born and now and you teach and you're around children all day. How do you approach dealing not only with your own son but with your students? How how does that look different? With my students, I, at the beginning of the year, we have like an open house and I talk to the parents about my, what I've gone through. Um, It's kind of my little, you know, uh, soapbox to advocate a bit. Um, And it then gets the kids involved because I feel, and kids, you know, they're super honest. And when we start having like an open dialogue about how I had cancer and I went through chemo, they always tell me about the people that they know that have died. (laughs) Always, always. Um, But I want them to see like, hey, you know, here she is younger, younger. They probably think I'm super old, but um, younger and that I've gone through it, that people can be on the other side and okay. Um, and then we do like last year I did a whole thing in my, uh, about dress in blue day and my kids in my class dressed in blue. Um, it's nice to have that open dialogue because I found that parents will come to me and say, sometimes they tell me about their like digestion issues and I'll, you know, encourage mm-hmm. them, talk to your doctor, right. you know, push, push your doctor. Um, if they're not, um, uh, taking it seriously enough. Or um, they'll tell me about another family member, what they're going through with any cancer. And so it's kind of created like a big bond mm-hmm. uh, with my parents. And then like on social media, I had a couple parents share that video I'm on. Um, it's, it's, it's like a family. It's much more, I feel more connected sharing that part of my life with them. Um, I, I don't know. Um, and with my son, uh, um, what was the question? <laughs> no, I just kind of lumped. No, I just kind of. This is chemo I just kind of lumped it together. I, you know, we talked about how does you know your experience, and you talked about how it changed your perspective. And I, yeah, you know, just kind of saying, you know, looking at children in general, your own and your students. Yeah. Um, well, when I was first diagnosed, I thought, well, um, I'm not going to be around to see my kid grow up. So what do I need to do? Uh, what things? And I thought immediately, like, he's not going to remember me. He's five months old. Um, I, I immediately thought I only had a couple. If I had any time, it would be a couple years and he wouldn't remember me. So um, I just like now that. I'm on the other side of it. I just try, I do a lot more with him. Um, I try like there's not, he's only three. So I feel like the way that I'm 
like healing is spending more time with him. And that's, that's kind of how I'm connecting with him. When he's older, of course, I'm going to talk to him about our family history because he'll have to be screened much earlier. Um, but I also missed out on the, a chunk of his life on his, you know, when he was five months old till a year, I wasn't around him at all because I would, um, I did full Fox chemo. And so my parents would take him for Uh a couple days while I had that. And so I, I look back at, you know, how Facebook reminds you like on this day, a year ago or two years ago, I look back and I'll see pictures of him and think, I didn't know that kid at all. So right now I'm spending, I try and spend more time with him because, um, I feel like we're, I'm getting to know him again. Um, like I, I missed out on so much. I'm trying to catch back up. If that makes sense. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. And I realized in reading your story in on the rise that you and I have a special bond, a special connection. You probably don't realize it. What? Macaroni and cheese. Oh, Yes. <laughs> that was yeah, that, that was that was days. that was my go-to when I was on Full Fox. When I just didn't feel like oh. needed anything else, I I knew and you know I'd go shopping in my off week and stack stock up oh. on macaroni and cheese. And then I saw you, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely indulged. That's that's how I got through that. I would think, okay, so when I get home, I'm going to have my macaroni and cheese. Because I had a big appetite from the um, steroids. I ended up right? eating on yeah. pounds. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, I, re- I ate a lot of macaroni and cheese. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been, in, I mean, what's it been? Almost two years, and I'm still working on getting that macaroni and cheese off. So, <laughs> so you were diagnosed working. in 2015? Uh, yep. Yep. February, actually. So this month, um, yeah. It was the 22nd, I believe. I was diagnosed, and then the following Wednesday, my doctors worked super fast. So the following Wednesday, I had a sigmoid resection, and then April 1st, I started um, chemo for six months. Gotcha. So So speaking of on the rise, that's that's how I found out about you and Tara. Uh, How did you wind up being a part of Colon Club? Well, it was strange because now I feel like um, I spend so much time and energy in with like colon cancer lines, or at least even on Facebook reading posts. And back then I wasn't, I would read some posts, but I didn't kind of know where to, where to go or um, how to involve myself. And I saw the colon club advertised to be part of the magazine. Well, they called it the colander. So I started to look through and I was like, why not? And I I can remember I was on, you know, I had just gotten done with chemo and I just submitted it kind of on a whim. And then I'll never forget. I was at my parents' house when they called me to tell me I was in it. I was so excited. So that that moment I'll never forget. And then when I went there, uh, creating bonds with Tara and all um, everyone else in it, it was so completely life changing. You know, I found people that had the same issues as I did. Oh, it just completely changed my world. And after that, then I feel like I started to pursue more, more opportunities to volunteer and to get involved with the colorectal cancer community. So where did you actually go? 
We went to, it's outside Nashville. It's this beautiful place. Um, four star retreat. Uh, it's gorgeous. And they had like a big or a big, it was a small lake. And so we could um, play on or swim and do things on there. And then a huge, like a, not clubhouse, but um, like a lodge where we mm -hmm. all stayed. It was fun. It was relaxing. Like your phone wouldn't work. You didn't have TV. So you're unplugged. It was, you had to make connections with people. Sure. I, I, now that you mentioned Nashville, now it all comes together because I was talking to a few people who attended last year and stories are all consistent. Yeah. That 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 community building and that uh, bonding that goes on, uh, I, it sounded yeah. I can I can see why you describe it. And Tara, Tara said the same thing that it really yeah. was a life changing experience. Yeah, I feel incredibly connected to all of them. So, what was your biggest surprise being there? Um, prob I just probably about the connections um, and the love uh that i came away with in with these um relationships like it was like i was talking about it when i got home i had like a emotional hangover it was hard to leave them and go back to my real life just because i felt pretty kind kind of pretty alone um going through uh my surgery and chemo and then connecting with people that had the same side effects and the same issues that I did, you know, and crying with them and knowing, you know, hearing about like their, their deepest issues. Um, it, it just changed everything. And it took me a while, like a couple weeks to kind of get back in the groove of my life. It was, it was quite hard to come back. It was quite hard. And then, you know, when we get together, it's, it's so much fun. It's like, there was no time that passed. And like, we've known each other for years. It felt, um, felt like you were going to sleepaway camp, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So now you've immersed yourself in big time advocacy work. How much, how much of your time does that take up for you? Uh, not too much right now. I would love to do a lot more, but I've, I've learned this year that I have to sit, like step back from some things, uh, because I don't, I have teacher vacation days, um, <laughs> but not many. And last year I exhausted them all. So I have to be careful now, but I can't do everything I want to do. I want to be involved in anything and everything, but I just, I can't, <laughs> um, but when March rolls around, I'll start, you know, get getting really into my strong arm selfies on social media. I talk to people a lot. Uh, I carry around my On the Rise magazine. Any opportunity I can, I talk to people about getting colonoscopies and listening to their body. Um, I have lots of Fight CRC and Colon Cancer Alliance clothing that I wear and often it will spark a conversation. <laughs> so anywhere I can, I, I try and talk about it. Yeah. Like I, I need a fight CRC clothing hookup. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, talk to somebody. <laughs> they have a little store at call on Congress. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what do you, so knowing your limitations and, and, and uh, I give you a lot of credit for realizing, you know, and setting some personal 
boundaries. What is it that you hope to achieve with your your with your own advocacy work? Um, I just, you know, I hear people say, if I can get one person to, you know, talk to their doctor or get a colonoscopy, um, then it'll have been worth it. And I feel that same way. If I can just get someone to their doctor before, if they, if something's wrong before, you know, if before they would get a diagnosis or before it was later stage or just to make sure they're nothing's like um, they don't have cancer. It'll be totally worth it. I had, um, I talked, I spoke, I shared my story at a fundraiser in the summer in my hometown. And this woman came up afterwards and said, I'm having all these digestion issues. I've had them for years. And I was like, go to your doctor. Tell them, demand a colonoscopy. You shouldn't have to feel this way. You shouldn't have to be in this much pain. And she was so nervous. And here we are messaging back and forth. Because, uh, you know, after listening to my story, then, you know, she thinks that it's going to be cancer. And um, so I kind of walked her through everything. And she had her colonoscopy and they found polyps. But, um, and she's, I mean, she's fine now. But I was, I thought, Okay, this is exactly why I do this, because I, hearing my story, pushed her to, to um, push her doctors, and so that's what makes all of this worthwhile, and that's what I want to do is just get that one person. <laughs> I get, I get it. Sure, I, it makes makes all the sense in the world. So that's what you want people who lack awareness if you will that's the message yeah. you want them to take away what about what about people who you come in contact with who are recently diagnosed and look at look at you and look at people like you and I who are unfortunately veterans uh, yeah you know what do you want them to know well um I actually this kind of just happened to me I had a friend through social media say hey can I can I give your number to this um, man that is newly diagnosed stage four young? He has like a two-year-old daughter. His wife's like eight months pregnant from Washington state. And um, so she gave me his number and we've been talking. And so I just keep telling him, you're going to look, you're going to look back on this. It's, you know, it's not an easy road, but you will be a better person on this side of it and you'll get through it. You will get through it. It'll, it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot out of you, and it changes your life completely. But you can get through it, and you just have to do like keep things positive. Um, and I I don't even like saying that because I th think like uh, it's more than just positive thoughts. But like in my on the rise. Like chemo is horrible, but I made it so I looked forward to it by rewarding myself with certain things like <laughs> crappy TV and macaroni and cheese. Like you've got to make little tiny, little tiny rewards and things to look forward to, to get through that next chemo. Like I would go up to Seattle on my, I did it a few times on my off week so that I could look forward to that. I got really, really into uh, football. 
uh, Seahawks football. And so then I had a, I had a calendar and I would just mark off like every preseason game. Um, and I got, it's, it took my mind off of everything. And I became kind of obsessive about that instead of how am I feeling? Am I nauseous? Um, am I scared? I, I got myself busy. And then like in my on the rise story, um, I went and saw like a personal trainer to make sure that, cause I'll tell people you keep exercising, sweat it out, drink tons of water. Cause that helped me a lot. Yes, um, yes, yes. So, and that's what I told this gentleman that just was diagnosed and he keeps posting pictures working out and I'm like, yes, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so did you happen to catch those Seahawks games with Anita Mitchell? Do you know, um, do you yes, know Anita? I know. Yes, I do. I met her just, gosh, when was it? At the end of November in uh, D.C. So. Oh, great. Yeah, because yeah, she's always posting Seahawks pictures, too. I so. know. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, because you've been sharing your story everywhere, and now here's <laughs> one more person that wants to share your story. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, tell a little bit of a different story than, you, you know, you've been repeating everywhere else yeah. and, and have people, you know, kind of connect uh, on a different level with you. So I really appreciate your, your candor and, and taking time to do this. Where can people find you online? You can find me through fight CRC. My story is there. Um, you can, I know uh, you're on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I am on Twitter. Um, gosh, I, do, I don't even know my. This is again. I'm not good with technology. I don't even know my. So I do. I can get my screen names. That's um, okay. I'm, I'm gonna Instagram. find it and I'm gonna post it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm um, on Instagram. Um, I use that mainly for uh, colorectal cancer awareness and Seahawks love. So <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, my Twitter. Oh, my Twitter's at Benedetti Gina. At Benedetti so Gina. And that's yes. one N, one D, and two T's. Yep, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will have uh, Gina's information as part of the post that accompanies the, the show notes for this episode, which our listeners can find at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash 091. Well, Gina, I want to wish you uh, and your family just all the best, good health, most first and foremost, and thanks for thanks for taking the time to share your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. This is wonderful that you do this for the colorectal cancer community. So thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. You take care. You too. Thanks to our sponsors, the Colon Cancer Coalition and H2ORS, for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. <laughs>